Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. I want to uh, minister to you where I tried to minister Sunday about God's mercy, and man, do we need it now. But something is happening, and I can't put my finger on it. I just know that it's dark, and it's demonic, and it's devilish, and it is seductive. Are you listening to me? It is so seductive that we, as the body of Christ, we think if we sing about Jesus that that's enough. And if we come to church when we feel like it and sow our penance, that that's enough. But the clarion call today, if there's ever been a time for us to grow up spiritually, it's now. I'm sure it's heavy on every pastor's heart when he realized that everybody in this church is not going to heaven. I'm sure that weighs on every leader's heart that everybody in the church singing is not going up. I know that's heavy on every real man or woman of God when you face the reality that when that trumpet sound and the dead in Christ shall rise and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, that not everybody in your church is going to be caught up. Nobody's saying amen. Because we've been seduced with this perverted gospel that all you have to do is say you receive Jesus and live any kind of way you want to live. And that's not Bible. As a matter of fact, if you study scripture, there's only going to be a remnant. There's only going to be a remnant. And I'm working overtime to make sure I'm a part of that remnant. What about you? I said, what about you? Well, I don't want to make you depressed or sad or anything. So go to three people and tell them, say, get happy in the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get happy. I don't know where my music minister is. I think we got one on staff. Probably need to hire a couple more too. Praise the Lord. Amen. I promise you, I won't, I won't keep you, I won't keep you long. I promise you, I think I won't keep you long. But we need leaders who can see. We need leaders who can hear. The Bible says, if the blind lead the blind, they'll all fall in ditch. You don't come here like this faithfully to get nothing. You can stay home and do that. And you don't gather here faithfully to, to, to receive something that you can't use to help you to please him. Oh, Jesus. Help us, Lord. 
I've never seen in my lifetime such a seducing time in the world. And the word of God says, make your election sure. Examine yourself and see if you're really in the faith. And so my challenge to myself is, do I really love Jesus like I try to convince people I do? Do, do I really love him to live right when you're not looking? Do, do I really love God enough that when somebody get on my nerve, I can still act godly? Do I love him enough to finally graduate from cussing people out? Have I matured enough after all this time around the world? Have I matured enough where I am no longer so easily offended? And have I matured enough where I don't need anybody to pray for me? I can pray for myself and my children. If Harvest Church never sing the song I like to hear, I still have victory. God of mercy. Do I really love God, Minister Jones, that when I'm at home, that I love him enough to study myself and not put all the pressure on the reverend? As a matter of fact, I need to study so that when I come to church, the reverend can give a confirmation that what God has been saying to me and my family, I need to know that I am hearing from God. And how can I know that I'm hearing from God if I don't study what he says? Lord Jesus. I said I wouldn't keep you long, didn't I? So you probably need to sit down. Um, I'm going to go ahead and obey what I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Uh, I got some things here, but I, 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 yeah. Go to Romans. How many of you still believe the Bible? America is in a bad, bad place. America is in a bad, bad place. And I'm telling you tonight and to the world, if your trust is not in Jesus alone, you're putting your trust on something that is getting ready to sink. Let, let, let me do, do this, this, this illustration. Perhaps this will help. Uh, Minister Orphy, would you please come? And uh, Minister Kabuya, would you please come? Uh, let's just, for illustration, for the whole world to see. Uh, you have some money in your pocket? Uh, turn toward each other. Uh, oh, man. Boy, you get, that's your secret. I see that secret stash. 
Sister Kabuya, I saw the secret stash. Okay, when he sleep, check it out. Um, he owes you a debt. He already owes you $100. But he doesn't have it. So he wants to borrow another 100 Can you, we, Could you lend him 100 Need to? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he already owes you $100. Then he asks you to borrow some more money, and you lend it to him. So what is your attitude? I need you to pay me, pay me back. But instead of paying you back, uh, he spent the money that you've already given him, and he comes to you again, and he asks you to borrow some more money. Can you have another hundred dollars? And I picked the right two people today. Can he borrow another hundred? Are you paying attention, Miss Kabuya? Can he borrow another hundred? Miss Kabuya, you might need to get closer. Seemed like his reserve is getting low, so let's change the denominator. Can he? I know he owes you a lot of money, but can he? Can he borrow fifty dollars? Okay. So what happens to this young man that he's drained the treasury, but he still want? to borrow money. Ah, I know, I know what you can do. I know exactly what you can do, man. You can do just like America. Just print some money. And put the debt on the children's children. Hold on now, because if you just print money and you don't have anything to back it up, it's priceless. So what do you do? You go to another person, another country, China, and you ask them to support your note. Yeah, that'll work. But how long can you do that before they call in the debt. And now mind you, if, if somebody you owe is doing something you don't like, you're limited as to how often and how hard you can correct them. Because if you make them mad, America, if you make China mad and they call in the debt, that you can't pay, then you lose your sovereignty as a nation and your currency falls to nothing. Because remember now, your currency is nothing but paper anyway. 
You can put a match to it. We used to support our currency with gold. Now we support it with nothing. We just print it. So what happens to you when you keep borrowing and you don't pay back? Come on, talk to me. Uh, Your credit score. And at some point, nobody will trust you to lend you anything. Or if they do, they always charge you more than the good customer. Yes? So it's just common sense, yes? That at some point, you can no longer keep borrowing. You have to settle your debt, America. And while America has not doesn't look like on the horizon that she's going to settle her debt. She just keeps printing money. But eventually, something has to happen to your economy because you can't keep printing money that is paper, that has no support behind it. Are you listening to me? So the danger of you trusting your money is more dangerous today than it's ever been because your money is just paper. And if you look on your paper close enough, it'll say a promissory promissory note, which means nothing if the person who made the promise can't back it up. That's how dangerous our economy is right now. To tell you the truth, our finest economies, our, our economists and our finest minds of finances, they can't even tell you today how America is still uh, breathing without a life support system. They can't even explain today how come we haven't had any crash in our economy. That'll make 2008, 2008, 2009 look like a joke. And I'm trying to paint a picture that you can't trust nothing but Jesus. Because even if you own houses, that don't mean anything if can't nobody buy it. You can't eat your house. Are you listening to me? For those who feel secure because you own property and land or houses and apartments. Apartments is wonderful if you got tenants who can pay. But what do you do when they can't pay and you can't pay? That's how fragile every person who's in here and listening to me who think they got it going on. That this nation is skating on thin ice. And while we're skating on thin ice, we're throwing all kind of perversion into the nostrils of God. That when we look at other nations, other empires of the world who were acting like we're acting today, all of them came to nothing. 
And so for a brief moment, I'm going to share with you because there are so many parallels between this nation and the Roman Empire. And it's important for us to know because you need to know where you're putting your money. You, you need to reevaluate what you're investing in for a return. Because history is repeating itself. It's just new players. Are you listening to me? So we can learn from other empires because America is an empire. We can learn from other empires what brought them down from being a great nation. If we discover what they did wrong, what were some of the prevalent elements that were existing when they were at their apex? And what brought them to nothing? If we can just eliminate those things that they were doing, then perhaps we would survive. Can somebody say amen? Having said that, turn to Romans chapter 1. Thank you, gentlemen, so very, very much. This is not what I planned for Bible study. But this is something I feel I need to say. I got a, um, I got a rather lengthy text from a very reputable uh, minister who was wanting me to know that another minister who I know nationally, internationally known, that uh, he was just the other day um, what they call it when you what they call it when you remarry you're married but you do another one, what they call it, yeah renewing the vows, that he was a part where well, he was initiating officiating, the re, the renewal of the vows, of the pastor, and uh, and his spouse, and both of them were men, and uh, and I know he'll probably hear this and I want you to hear it. Because you, you, you can't apologize for me. So, so this nationally known minister, he, he declared that he's apologizing uh, for the body of Christ. For how we have mishandled and mistreated uh, homosexuals in the church. By not allowing them to marry one another if they love one another. And uh, my position is, uh, there is no love. Uh, there's a whole lot of lust, but there's no love. B because love is a spirit. And love is God. And when God created Adam and Eve, he didn't tell them to act like that. It, it, it was okay with God for two men, he didn't made Adam and Steve. But instead, he made Adam and Eve. And then he told them to be what? Fruitful and multiply. Two men cannot be fruitful. And two women cannot be fruitful. Now, I know this, what I'm saying today, will get you in trouble because what I'm saying is not politically correct. But I'm never going to be politically correct if what I'm saying, amen, uh, is going to be contrary to the word of God. Are you listening to I'm done. You, you need to hear me. I'm done. If I back away from this book, I'm done. I'm through. For this is the truth. 
nothing but the truth, so help us God. And I don't care if every pastor on the planet back away from this truth because of political pressure, I'm not backing away. I'm going to stand with this truth. I'm going to stand with God's original plan for the family. Y'all better hear me today. So in Romans, are you there? Romans chapter, just chapter one. For, for hell, I want to read it all. Um, I want to read it all to you. I want to. But let's just drop down to verse. Look, look at verse 27. Because all they, they knew God, because although they what? They knew God. They knew him. They did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. In other words, their mind, it just allowed their imagination just to go crazy. And their foolish hearts were what? Were darkened. This is America. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Listen to me. We're in trouble. And I really have a real issue with somebody who's saying they're a Christian who has taken their little children who are in their formative years. I'm not talking about high school. I'm talking about where their value system is still being shaped. Whether they're going to love God or not love God, serve God or not serve God, they're, they're in that stage where they're still being formed. And you take them and drop them off in a public school when you have a Christian school. I don't care what you have to sacrifice. No, and the deception is you think dropping them off there that you're going to get a good final product. And all I'm saying, in your children's formative years, there are things they're going to encounter in the public school. They're not mature enough for that yet. And so you're going to allow that system to shape the mind of your child. You're looking at me funny, but I'm speaking the truth because you don't spend enough time with them when they come home. Most parents don't spend 15 minutes a day with their children. So by and large, from the kindergarten or the preschool, kindergarten, first grade to the second grade, they're with the teachers in school more than they are with you. And so the teacher got her picture or his picture sitting on the desk, and it's two people of the same sex. And you think your child seeing that every day doesn't affect the way they think. Not realizing that at a young age, the devil is after their mind to desensitize them. And you'll know that it's working because when you speak what the word of God says, they'll look at you and say, mom or oh, dad, I know that's how it was in your day. 
but things are, have changed now. They're telling you that the world system is shaping their minds. Are you all listening to me? And you're okay with it. Oh, Jesus. And you're doing nothing to counter the brainwashing of that system. Why? Because you don't have Bible study in your own. You don't talk about Jesus at the table. So the world is shaping the mind of your child. So when they get of age where they can choose to come to the house of God or not come to the house of God, they don't come. So when they get of age, say amen because of the truth, they leave. And they don't come back, perhaps, to the house of God until they jack their lives up, which is normally around 35 or 40 or 30. And for about 15 to 18 years, you don't see them. They're out there because you allowed the world to train them to be out there. And some of you can't help them because you're still out there. And so when we talk about a Christian education, you don't even value that. It, I mean, it goes over your head. You don't see the significance in it. I said it's a Christian education, and I'm talking to Christians. So your child in the first, second, and third grade, you come to parent-teacher's meeting if you go. And you walk in to see your child's teacher if you go. Only to discover that her spouse is like her or like him. And you stand there speechless. Talking about you're going to go home and bind the devil. You're not going to bind nothing. Your child don't have any business being there. Oh, Jesus. It's getting quiet. So you pull them out. I was talking with a parent the other day in this ministry. And I said, the day you pulled them out, I told my wife, they're going to get a different product, and they got a different product today. Because you're either going to let the Word of God shape your family, and if you don't allow the Word of God to shape your family, the world will do it automatically. Somebody say amen. I know it's getting quiet because when you talk about, you know, money and children, Folks, get quiet. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became fruitile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Look at this. And changed the glory of the incorruptible, incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. I don't have time to deal with this, but, but, 
but, but particularly you colored folk, you need to get that, that image out of your house of that European Jesus that somebody painted and said that was Jesus. That's an idol, and it will complicate your ability to walk fervently in the things of God. Because that's not Jesus. Jesus was not a European. And Jesus was not an African for you Hebrew people. Jesus was a Jew. Are you listening to me? He was, he was, he was a Hebrew and he spoke Hebrew. Are you listening to me? And that picture that the Europeans inserted into the Bible in the 1600s, painted by Michelangelo with the sanction of Constantine, has caused more problems around the world. Because when people try to pray to God, they see a white man. And it's difficult for descendants of slaves to really hook into Jesus when Jesus is that white man in the Bible, but is also a white man who's whipping my back with a whip. So it neutralizes you in your thinking that to oppose the white oppressor that somehow you're opposing God. So to really walk in your freedom, you've got to get freedom in your thinking. I'm not saying what kind of picture you need, but I know it's not that picture. That's why I don't have pictures in this church. Because none of us in here know what Jesus looks like. All we know is that he was a Hebrew, that he was a Jew. Are you listening to me? And that part of the world produces colored people. There's no way Jesus could be a white man in Jerusalem. I'll say it again. There's no way that Jesus Christ could have been a white man in Jerusalem. The sun would have baked him dark. Instead of dying on a cross, he'd have died of cancer. Why? Because God so uh, set this system up that, that your, your body, your, your physicality, your, all your attributes has to do with the climate and the environment that God set you in. That's why, by and large, you colored folk can't stand cold. Yeah, because you can see one of your other brothers running around in the wintertime with a T-shirt on. You look the way you look because of your origination of where God placed you. Are you listening to me? And it's difficult for you to see an image and call it God and that image does not look like you. You didn't catch that. It's always a danger to give God an image 
and that image does not look like you. Because if God is that image and you don't look like that image, it automatically breeds, it breeds low self-esteem. It breeds insecurities. It breeds doubt. Why? Because I don't look like God. And because you don't look like God and you want to look like God and you think God's that picture, you do all kinds of things that look like God. You straighten your hair, you bleach your skin. And you don't want anything that doesn't look like God. Ooh, Jesus. Are you all listening to me? Let's, let's move on. Nobody's shouting yet. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Look at verse 23. Now, I'm, I'm, this is in your Bible, is it not? And professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor, to do what? To dishonor their bodies. We're going to find out what you do as a human being to dishonor your body. There are things that you can do to dishonor your body. Are you listening to me? And God gave them up, and when God gave them up, they began to engage in things that would dishonor their bodies. I'm going to believe God. Let's go on to the next verse. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie? Who exchanged the truth of God for what? And worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen? Look at verse 26. This is where I want to be. For this reason, God gave them up. Some of your translations say gave them over. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. So we need to find out when a person is engaging in vile passions, what is the outward manifestation of that? For even their women exchange, come on, the natural use for what is against nature. So what is a woman engaging in or what is it that she's doing that is against nature? That is against the way God made her to function. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use. Leaving what? Leaving the natural use of the woman. Who Jesus Burning in their lust. Come on. So men are burning in their passion and their desire for another man. Come on now. He, he, he don't want a sister. He don't want a woman. Oh, Jesus. That's why he runs with them. They safe. 
can talk their he can talk their language because they're interested in the same thing. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burning in their lust for one another, men with men. Come on now. Can God be any plainer than this? He says men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, we kick God out of everything. We don't want God in nothing. We don't want him in the school. We don't want him in anything. God gave them over to a debased mind. God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. So now when you confront them, they can't even hear what you're saying. Why? Because God has given them over to a debased mind. Are you listening to me? When you try to correct them, they'll, get, they'll fight you. And they'll tell you, uh, I, God made me this way. Well, you or God is a lie. I'm going to go with God. Now, you might have thought or think you were made that way, but something happened. That's why you have to keep your young children out of other people's homes in their formative years. Going over to other people's houses and they got play uncles over there. Uncle Johnny is not a real uncle. Your daughter's 10, but they got a 16-year-old boy in that house. 15. Okay, 14. So a whole lot of things can happen. Seeds can be planted in the heart of your child that you don't see the manifestation of it until 10 or 11 or 12 years later. I'm dealing with a young man today who's a grown man who is struggling today because as a child he was raped over and over and over by his uncles. And we have had several deliverance services where you say, didn't he get delivered? Because there are times that those things will attack his mind. He doesn't deal with it correctly, and he goes right back into that dark place. And he's a grown man. And is a good man, but is having the fight of his life because as a child, somebody didn't protect him. Are you all listening to me? And I, I'm committed as a leader and as a pastor 
with everything that's in me, that as long as your children are on the grounds of Harvest Church, that they're safe in this ministry. They're safe when they go to the bathroom. They're safe when they go to the children's church. They're safe when they go to youth church. They're safe when they walk the hallways. They're safe around you. And if what I'm teaching is running you out of here, then you got to go. Because you will not stay and sit comfortably in this ministry and be a predator concerning our children, not on my watch. There are too many places you can go and be welcome. But you're not welcome here to mess with our kids. I will fight you and every other member in here will fight you. I mean fight you. We will drag you behind in the parking lot, then take you to the prayer room. <laughs> I don't know if we'll make it to the prayer room, but we sure will drag you. But this, this, is, this is not me. This is a, Apostle Paul. And he is addressing the Grecian Empire. And he is, he is showing them by the Spirit of God the reasons why God allowed that nation to fall. And if we will, as a nation, take note of what destroyed the Grecian Empire. Anybody ever been to Greece? You've been over there recently? I mean, it's nothing. But it used to be a world empire. As a matter of fact, some of you walk around here calling yourselves sororities or fraternities from the Greeks. And I'm not knocking you, but I am knocking you if you know more about the Greeks than you know about where you came from. You know more about the Greeks than you know about the Bible. I got a problem with that. That you're more loyal to your sisters, your sorrows, than you are to the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. I got an issue with that. Because there's nothing you're supposed to be a part of and involved in that takes the place of your commitment to the things of God. I'll leave that alone while I'm ahead. But perversion entered into the Greek life and brought Greece down Perverse, this is what Paul's dealing with in Romans 1. He's dealing with how perversion entered into the Grecian life, the, the empire. And when these things entered in and were embraced, it brought the nation to her knees. All I'm saying as I close, America is doing the same thing. One of the things where you talk about the Roman, the Grecian, the Persian uh, empires, when you look at all those empires, one of the things that were prevalent in every one of them that failed was homosexuality. That was the issue with Rome. Out of all, where they had 11 or 12 Caesars, nine of them were homosexuals. That's why when you see the movies a lot of times with uh, 
what, what they call him, Caesar, sitting on the throne. They would all, didn't understand as a kid growing up why they always had them little boys sitting at the Caesar's feet, looking all cute. It's one of the things I didn't do with my son. I didn't let them be cute. Sometimes I made them wear the same thing. To make, didn't I do it? To make sure cute didn't get him. And every time something was going, I would on purpose make sure they wouldn't stand up there all sharp because I didn't want that spirit to get hold of my sons. Because you don't want no cute husband, for, no cute man for no husband. You can't get in the mirror because he's in the mirror. And I did it on purpose. Because I was after creating and developing five strong men, not sissies. So I knew there's some things that I had to do on purpose. Put them outside. They come knock on the door. What you want? And I know some of you think it's crude. I need to use the restroom. Go find a tree. You laugh, but that's what I did. Because I wanted them to be men. Go play. Some of them go off a little place and just sit, you know, just sit where I can see them. And I'd act like I didn't see them. Dad, it's getting dark outside. So, play. See, some of you think that's hard. But check all five of them out today. They're some of the strongest males you'll encounter. And I did it on purpose. Because one, I know you can't raise a boy like you raise a girl. A girl can be cute. Everything on every day clean. Not that boy. Sin is behind out there with the same pants he had on two days ago. It does something to his psyche. It makes him something that he will never develop into when you try to make your son cute or pretty. I don't want no pretty son. I want a handsome son. I want him to look like their daddy. <laughs> all right, I won't look up. Everybody didn't agree, but it's all right. So God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteous, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife. Do we see it? Do we see it in our country? Do we see it in our city? Do we see it on the streets? Deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters. Do we see it? Haters of God. Haters of God. Violent. Do we see it? Do we see it? Violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents. Do we see it? I said, do we see it? There was a time you didn't see children talking back to their parents. 
In my neighborhood, if you sass or said something back to your parents, your friends would jump on you. Man, you talk to your mama like that? You couldn't talk to somebody else's mother walking in the community like that. The community would check you. Now you can't tell anybody's children anything. And got quiet because I'm speaking truth. So you, you made the village powerless. So all your children had was you, and you're not enough. And so now we got parents who are scared of their children. I don't, I don't want to upset him. The last time I upset him, he went in there and tore up his room. It'd be his first and last time. First of all, it's not his room. He don't pay rent. See, you think this is hard. Then your children go get a job and you don't make them give you some money. See how y'all doing me? That's all right. They, they go and get a job, summer job or whatever. They get a check or however they get paid and you don't make them give you anything. You're training them wrong. There's nowhere they're going to be able to go in the world and make money and everybody excuse them. You got to pay. And the sooner you teach them how to pay, the better they're going to function in the real world. No, I don't need the money, but you need to give me some of that money. You made $100, you give me $20 on, on the groceries. <laughs> $20? Yeah, $20. <laughs> That's all my money. Well, I'll tell you what. You keep the 20 and you go buy groceries with it. And then you eat all week from that $20. And don't you touch nothing else in that refrigerator or in that cupboard. Because your mom and I, we paid for that. See how many days you're going to be fasting next week. You're laughing, but you're teaching them principles that's going to make them responsible adults. If you don't do that, you will have your children in your house at 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 years old. And if you die, they won't be able to function on their own. Because you trained them and raised them to be dependent on you. And when they leave you as a son, they look for a woman to be their sponsor. And you're going to be mad when you raise your son a certain way, your daughter a certain way, and they bring that home. Being filled with all unrighteous and sexual immorality, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. 
not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. That's us. I know you didn't shout tonight, but that's us. And I don't want to be negative, but it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And that small segment of perversion in our nation, they've got, they've got the White House by the throat. They've got the public school system by the throat. And if you say anything that they don't like, they will protest against you. And they are walking out their agenda. Some of you live long enough to know about 30-something years ago when uh, certain laws were passed that the, the per homosexual community didn't like, they made an oath with one another that they would bond together and that they would get involved in the public schools, they would get involved in government, that they would get involved in policy making, and that they would change things to, their, to their, the way they wanted things from the inside out. And so in the Senate, you don't know what you got up there. You don't know what he or she is after they get off work. You don't know what kind of judge that is that is presiding over your city. You don't know what the president of your school is or what they're involved in on the school board. All I know is that they've taken God out of the schools and we're working on taking God out of the church. There are some churches you go to, you very seldom will hear the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because that name has become offensive. And so they say a higher power the big man upstairs. Are you all listening to me? But our Bible says that no one can go to the Father except through Jesus. That's where I get off with my Muslim brothers. We, we can't come to an agreement because they cannot say they cannot say, and they will not say, that Jesus Christ is, was the Son of God. Because they don't believe that God had a son. And so some of you get tricked when you get around them because they'll talk about Jesus. And they'll quote scriptures better than you can. But they don't mean it the way this Bible is writ. I can say it now because he's going to be with God. I mean, he influenced my life. I went to college because of him, and I loved him. He died when COVID hit, and he was a, a major, major influence in, in, in Islam. And he, I loved him. He was my friend. He grew up with one name, then he changed his name. He's been to this church. He's dead now. But when he came to the city, I had to make a decision. Do I bring him in my house or do I put him in a hotel? 
And I got five bedrooms, so I'm not sure. So I had to make a decision. And I'm, to make the decision, I may run the risk of losing him as a friend. But I'd rather lose him than to lose my position with God. So I made a decision that he wasn't going to be in my house back in the back bedroom with something on the floor facing the east talking to Muhammad because Muhammad didn't give me the house that I live in. I'm facing the east on my cloth and I'm talking to Abraham, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Are you listening to me? So I don't want my house to get confused about the kind of God we're worshiping in this house. He understood and respected it because I'm not compromising. I know you're going to pray at least three times a day. While most Christians don't pray once. I know you're committed and I know you're dedicated, but I want you to see that I am just as committed to my God as you are. And I get on my knees several times a day, just like you. But I'm not talking to Muhammad. I'm going higher than Muhammad. I'm talking to the Lord of Lords. I'm talking to the God of all gods. I'm talking to the God who's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And when we violate his laws, America, there is a price to pay. For whatsoever a man sows. Close with this question. This perversion that we've engaged in and are engaging in destroyed every other empire. Question, does America get a pass? It looks like it. But every other nation, empire, who engaged in what the Bible calls perversion, defilement, an abomination, every nation who embraced that philosophy came to nothing. America is doing the same thing, perhaps even worse. The question now becomes, do we get a pass? Do we get a pass? Do we get a pass because we are making new laws that says same-sex marriage is okay? God. And if the Lord tarries, what kind of world is our children going to be living in? And are you raising them in such a way where they will be able to withstand the storms of this life without compromising their stance in Christ. God, before I release my children to the world, God, help me to put 
everything in them that they need that when they go out into this world that they don't lose you. I'm not sending my child to college, amen, for a professor to talk God out of them. I'm not sending my child to school or anywhere for them to come home and begin to doubt the validity and the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ. But God, I pray that I put something in my children, into my grandchildren, that will be strong enough to ward off the deception that is in this world today. That they'll not compromise, but that they'll stand strong on the truth of God's word. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.